the Driven Women's Guide to Love, Life, and Business. Hosted by the boss ladies Alex and Gabby. Combined, their network gathers an array of women from various industries who exemplify strength and tenacity. Their fun and positive approach to life will awaken the boss in you. You're listening to Girls Gone Boss. Shauna Knuckles built her career leading PR campaigns for multi-million and billion dollar brands. And today she runs her own boutique PR agency, Advocation, which provides team training and strategic operation support to companies by helping teams reshape their process and implement development programs to reduce stress without sacrificing results. Now through her work, she's become an influential voice speaking about issues women face on a daily basis in today's climate, like mental health in the workplace. Shauna joins us today to give us a glimpse on how she's on a mission to de-stress the PR industry and discuss mental health in the workplace. Welcome to all of our YouTubers. We're so excited to finally have some video alongside our interviews. So Shauna, you are the second lucky winner to be on camera. You look good. You look fantastic. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It's totally ring light and it's good lighting. It's good lighting. I'll, I'll give it up to that. <laughs> I just to, I just told Gabby today, I'm like, I need to, we need to get ring light. She's like, girl, I already got one. I was like, okay, I'm behind. Right. I am prepared. I have a really good one. If you want a link, let me know. <laughs> I, I would love that actually. Please send okay. them my way. I will. So Shauna, tell us about how you started in PR and what ultimately, ultimately led you to advocation. Yeah, so I started in PR. I actually wanted to start on the other side of the industry, which is journalism. So my background, my degree that I received in college was from journalism. I actually started my career uh, writing for a top daily newspaper. And it at the time, it was the Great Recession, which we all remember if you're of my age. And it was a very uh, tough time to be trying to forge a path as a journalist. Um, I remember the outlet that I was working at at the time. I think they cut 30% of their staff while I was there. And it uh, turned out to just not be the best career path for me for a, a variety of reasons. And I made the switch into PR and have really never looked back. It's been such a great fit for me personally and professionally, and I've really loved it. Explain to us exactly what advocation does. Yeah, so the the kind of spark behind advocation to give you a little bit more on like the backstory is I really was trying to find my path, my unique kind of niche in PR. Um, it was not an easy industry to kind of make your way in. I remember when I started, I was working truly three jobs for the first three years that I was working in PR to just pay rent and buy groceries and gas. And I was looking for all of the opportunities I could to excel and kind of climb through that quote unquote corporate ladder as quickly as I could. And I saw this need, this really big need for operations and project management in particular inside of my uh, company that I was working inside at the time. And so I went out and took an evening project management program that turned out to be just fantastic. I was living in Seattle at the time and we had 
professionals from Starbucks and Microsoft and Amazon and all of the big employers there just coming and teaching us the best practices of project management. And I took those and really molded them to fit inside of a PR agency for anyone who's not familiar with the industry. It is so fast paced. We kind of pivot on a dime all of the time. So we really needed to be more agile than most, I think, project managers and project management best practices are. And so that really kind of started me on this path of realizing that agency operations was such a a need. And that's the need that advocation really fills. We provide strategic operations and um, team training for other PR agencies. And then the other side of that coin really is addressing the big elephant in the room that I, I know this is we're not the only industry where this happens, but it's the overwork and the overstress. I mean, for me personally, I reached a point in my career where I was, you know, had made it quote unquote to the outside world, but I was just sick, like just physically ill, mentally exhausted. My body had just been put through the, you know, the ringer in terms of the amount of stress I was experiencing. And a doctor truly basically gave me an ultimatum and they said, listen, girl, like you're going to be basically bedridden if you keep working like this. And so pairing those systems in a way that addresses stress. You know, we, we don't need to just be more efficient and produce more results. We really need to take, to take care of the people who are working inside of our companies too. Um, so that's kind of the, t- the two sides that we really focus on. Those trainings that you offer, can talk a little bit about exactly what, what trainings Advocation offers besides hiring, yeah, um, like helping with mental health in the workplace and stuff like that. Tell us all the different services that you do. Yeah. So on the operation side, we, there are a number of services that we provide. Um, usually people come, agency owners come to us because they've reached a bit of a ceiling in their business. I would say the most common is shoot, we can't grow anymore because we don't have the systems to sustain it. So all, you know, all of, like you said, the hiring, um, setting up services properly, tools and systems. And then on the training side, what we where we really excel in kind of what we're known for in the industry is client management and leadership. So our team trainings inside of the company are based around what we call our ESP framework. It stands for empowered, skilled people. And it's encompassing of all of the hard skills, the soft skills, and the leadership skills that team members truly need to show up as effective leaders and client managers in their team. I would say uh, probably our most requested or most needed training is truly on setting expectations, which doesn't get discussed quite often enough when I would say it's probably one of the most critical success factors for PRH, for for a lot of career fields is just setting proper expectations and no one's really teaching people how to do that. Expectations um, for the, for the company or individually for the teams? For everybody. So when, when we're working inside of a PR agency, the real important expectations start when you sign a new client. So setting appropriate expectations. And this is so hard to do and PR because much of what we do happens behind the scenes and 
no one really knows how PR works. I mean, I always, you know, all PR professionals kind of joke that even our parents don't know what we do <laughs> at this stage in the game, but uh, setting appropriate expectations with clients in terms of, hey, here is what working together is going to look like. Here's what results are going to look like. And most importantly, here's what we can't do for you because often clients expect, hey, I'm hoping my PR agency will double, triple, quadruple our sales. And that um, is not a realistic expectation. So learning how to push back on that front and then setting expectations with your team members and really ensuring that you know, everyone knows what they're responsible for and it's not just chaos behind the scenes. Do you only work with PR agencies? Mm-hmm. We, f- we focus on the agency business model. So it's, uh, we work mostly with PR agencies because that's my personal background and it's a unique breed of business, but marketing, social media, advertising too. Okay, amazing. Yeah. And that the way to hire now looks a lot different. Uh, specifically because of the pandemic and, you know, how, you know, what are the challenges that, you know, your clients are facing in, you know, in this part of the business of the hiring? Hiring. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It really is like night and day in the last two years. It's so, so different. I would say for us, I think one of the biggest differences that I've, I've talked a lot about inside of our industry is just the fact that there's been this great reawakening with all of us, I think, throughout the entire pandemic, where people are really reprioritizing what's important to them and truly becoming wholly unavailable for some of the BS that was happening in the corporate world before. So, you know, overworking, you know, truly just like stressing themselves out to achieve goals that I think people are realizing are just not that important to them. And for our industry, PR, marketing, um, social media, et cetera, so many individuals have left the traditional nine to five workforce to start their own companies, to become consultants, whether it's picking up a side hustle. And that I think is the biggest challenge is that everyone is hiring. I mean, it's like the, a light switch went off and businesses, at least in my realm, seem to, it's like a faucet turned on and all the opportunities came overnight. And there are fewer and fewer full-time employee, people who are interested in that full-time employee role. And so being able to get creative in hiring a couple of consultants instead of a full-time employee, or maybe you're partnering with someone who specializes in social media when you provide PR or, you know, getting creative with the type of people that you're hiring. But that's kind of been the biggest challenge that I've seen in our industry is people, people are looking elsewhere. They're looking for other opportunities. Right. And now we have more options now. Totally. Yes. There are more, more and more options. Definitely. And with the, you know, I keep going back to the pandemic because we all ended up staying home and working from home. I also know that a lot of the workforce is looking for to stay at home. Um, yes. We all realize that we are productive at home, even employ, you know, employers have. So um, I heard somewhere that now it, it's one out of six jobs is work from home jobs when before it was like one out of 60. Um, so that also, I think, has to impact your business because I'm sure that there's going to be a lot of pushback on people that 
you know, if you're asking someone to come into the office from nine to five, there's going to be a lot more jobs that are from home and that will, you know, maybe entice that candidate to go elsewhere. Right. So how do you how do you retain that top talent so they don't leave elsewhere because they're being offered remote work rather than having to come to the office or doing hybrid? I th I mean, I really think the number one and simplest way that employers can retain top talent that often gets overlooked is just ask. Ask your employees what they want and what they need and then listen. And you're exactly right. The ability to work from home. I, I remember reading this study and it was for marketers in particular, but it was 100%. And it wasn't just like over-exaggerating, but every single person of the thousands of people surveyed wanted to continue working from home at, at least part-time. So everybody wants it and everyone has wanted this for years. And before the pandemic, many employers said, it's not possible, it's too hard, people won't be effective, they won't be efficient. And then surprise, that's none of that was true. And whether it was because people had to pull together and we had to make it work, the, the fact of the matter is we've proved it does work. And so you can't really tell your employees that the, you know, the only reason you don't want them to work from home is because you don't want them to. So that just isn't going to fly any longer. And it, it, that is a really simple way for those who are hiring or those who want to retain employees is just figure out how to let people work from home. It doesn't have to be a hundred percent of their time, maybe a hybrid model. If you do need to be in person every once in a while, but yeah, it's a simple, it, to me, it feels like, I'm like, the math doesn't add up. Like, why is this not being prioritized? But yes, I think that's one of the key simplest ways. And so you would help companies kind of transition from that or having to have those conversations with the employees. Yeah. So, so thankfully, I think in the PR industry, we work in a way where it's fairly simple to transition to an at-home working environment, but I also will say that we do lead companies through that, you know, transitioning to an at-home work-from-home environment, making sure that their systems are set up, that they have effective uh, tools for working together and collaborating. But the one piece that often gets overlooked is so simple and honestly can account for like getting you 80% of the way like there. And that is just clarity. That is providing your team members with 100% clarity on what, what it is we're doing and what it is we're trying to achieve. I think people would be surprised to hear, you know, we get the chance to look behind, you know, under the hood, so to speak, at so many different companies. And that's really missing from a lot of organizations is getting really clear, I think, on the two most important things would be values. So who are we and what are, you know, what, how are we making decisions and what are we prioritizing? And then what are our goals? What are we trying to achieve? And that does about, I, I would estimate probably 80% of the work for you, just getting clear with your team on those two things. Absolutely. Now, through your own, through your own experience, you've become an influential voice in speaking about issues like mental health in the work, in the workforce. Um, What's that looking like in, in, in today with your clients? What are you seeing? What steps are they taking to, 
to make that a priority for their employees? Yeah. So it, it really, there's a couple of things I'd love to say here. And the first is that I'm so thankful that we can actually talk about this now, because when I started my career, I don't, I don't know if it was similar for you too, but that you would never talk about mental health in the workplace ever, ever. You just pretended that you were a-okay 132% of the time. I remember that I actually told a manager once that I was feeling overwhelmed with my workload and their response was, you perhaps maybe you're not cut out for this industry then. And I think just shifting to the fact that we can talk about this and that it doesn't have to be that everyone pretends they're okay any longer is huge progress. Um, but everyone is at truly everyone is struggling with mental health. I think that's the most important thing that employers, employees, anyone that we're working with needs to remember is that we have all gone through collective trauma over the last two years, whether it's, you know, missing family members, uh, missing holidays, losing loved ones. And I, th I think the real challenge that we're facing right now is people are trying to push forward because the opportunities are out there. That's what we're seeing, at least that the economy hasn't just picked up. It's like full steam ahead. And that everyone is not, has not healed. We have not healed from the experience of the past two years. And we're not just built, we're building on top of an unstable foundation. And I don't think that we can just continue to push and push and push people um, without addressing that. And so just being aware of that as employers and employees I think is so, so important and the real first big step. And I will say that there, no one has mastered this. This is unchartered territories. And I think it's just going to take people being brave. And in the words of Brene Brown, I don't know if you follow her, but vulnerable and just, you know, it's going to be messy. And I think that being okay and being comfortable with the uncomfortable is probably going to be the best thing that anyone can do right now. So does advocation, how do you help, um, I guess, companies foster that culture of, you know, open communication, well-being? Um, what can they, what can companies or how, what have companies implemented in order? Yeah. 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 How yeah. do they, how can you, how can they promote it to make it okay and make their employee, yeah. their employees feel supported? Well, for instance, I know companies that have given um, their employees like a full week of just like a self-care week or yeah. a health, mental health week, and they take it off and, and it's just an additional time off that they get, but it's called like a mental health week. And, it, yeah. and I was like, wow, that's amazing. Um. I think my opinion on this might be a bit of an unpopular one, but, uh, you know, I feel like providing perks and benefits to your employees because they're stressed and overworked feels a little bit like gaslighting them without addressing why they're overworked. And so without 
looking at an employee, because at least what we're experiencing in our industry is people are stressed out because they're often doing the jobs of one and a half to sometimes three people. And it, to me, you know, getting to the root of why people are stressed and why people feel like they need that extra time off is the most important thing that we could we could do is kind of getting to the root cause of it and really goes back to like what we talked about earlier and resetting appropriate expectations. You know, what is this person's workload and how can we make it so that it is reasonable and it is not a 1.5 or a two times workload and not saying, okay, everybody, we know we're super stressed out because everyone's doing the job of two people. Let's bring in a meditation expert to talk to us on Zoom. And instead saying, all right, let's figure out how we can all have a reasonable workload and, and starting with that. So I know it, it's not an easy fix. It's not something that you can just offer to employees. It does take a lot of work. And that's the work that we really do with team members is figuring out, you know, we call it capacity planning in our, in our industry, but what is everyone working, you know, what, what is the available team members time and how are we applying that to our projects and not accepting work that there truly are people, there's no one to do the work. Um, but I will say that the time off is, I think, the biggest thing. That's that's the biggest thing that we're seeing as a perk that is effective and a perk that employees want if companies are looking to provide something to their team. Um, and it can honestly be as simple as an afternoon off or setting boundaries on when team members are expected to come into meetings. So saying, you know, we, we have a company-wide policy of no meetings on Fridays. I mean, it doesn't have to be anything over the top, but just showcasing that it's important to you and you're thinking about it. And then again, accepting in that feedback from team members who, um, and listening to what they have to say about it. I seem to agree with you on that, the gaslighting comment about the rewards that were given, right? In order so that because, because we're working so hard and so many extra hours. So like a $25 gift card or lunch doesn't just cut it. So I, I do agree that time off or respecting quiet hours because some companies have that. They yes. have quiet hours, like you said, on Fridays, um, no meetings past 2 p.m. And then you're able to concentrate and work on what you're working on rather than stacking on more and more responsibility right? One on top of the other, which is frustrating, Absolutely. right? Yes. So besides the workforce being burnt out, everyone's trying to stay mentally and emotionally afloat, right? While we're mm. balancing all of our ob obligations. So working from home, being a parent, or even not being a parent, we have more obligations, right? We have more upkeep. Yeah. Um, yeah, we might not have to run to drop the kids off at school per se or whatever. It's It looks differently. But how do we balance that out? How do you balance that out in today's day? Because it's, it seems unachievable. It's like you're running all over the place. How do we achieve some type of balance within our work life? Yeah, and I echo that feeling so much in terms of how do we keep it all balanced and why does it feel like it's impossible? And it is, it is in my opinion, because it is. It is not like balance is not a real state that I think anyone can truly achieve on a day-to-day -day basis. 
I really like to think of it more as integration. Like how are we properly integrating our work and personal lives in a way that feels really good? Um, and the, the, the way that I've always approached this in my career, um, and not always, I will say since I felt like I've been getting it right more than wrong, the big change is really getting clear on what's important to me and prioritizing those activities, those relationships alongside of work. I think, um, and in my experience and chatting with colleagues that it's really difficult to prioritize your personal life if you've not done that, that work where you identify what's important to me, what are my real values. It's very easy for your entire day to get filled with work. And I would say in chatting with other professionals, it's even more challenging for women and people who don't have children because at the end of the day, you know what your priority is if you have kids, like the law says, you've got to feed them, right? I mean, hopefully right. parents are doing a lot more than that, but that that's a clear priority. It's something that is known in our society that, hey, if you're a parent, you're spending your off hours taking care of and spending time with your children. But if you don't have that set uh, priority for you, other other people will do it. And so to say, or I do this at the beginning of every year to make sure that I'm spending my time and it makes it a lot easier to set boundaries if I know why I'm doing it and what they're for. So for me this year, I needed to refocus on my health. And after, you know, spending two years at home and feeling a little bit for me burnt out personally on like how I was thinking about my health, that was incredibly important to me. So I set boundaries around that. I prioritize that. But if I had never done that bit of time, that activity of really thinking about what I want to prioritize this year, it would be way easier for me to work from nine to nine instead of saying, okay, I've got to stop at six because I need to get on my spin bike, you know? So I, that to me is the kind of first step of really getting into that more of a balanced flow that feels really good. Um, otherwise it's really, really easy to just work yourself to being burned out without noticing. I also think culturally because of social media and, you know, that there's that culture of like no days off or like, mm -hmm. You die. I don't even know the team. No that. sleep, right? Yeah, team. No, sleep. yes. So that culturally is praised like the working, like you know, like you, you're gonna sound a little bit weak if you're if you're like, no, I like to have work life balance. How do we flip that conversation? Because I think it's important for especially like all the women that are listening, it's okay to want time off, it's okay mm -hmm. to always work it does not devalue you as a professional. Absolutely. And I could not agree more with that, that that conversation needs to change. I think it's changing a little bit now because it used to be that there was no room for the other side of that coin. And now I am seeing a little bit of the, you know, the other side of that, that, Hey, there is more than one way to achieve for everybody to achieve success. We don't have to work ourselves into the ground. 
I think that it's going to take a few brave people to just be really honest that this is how I've, this is how I've done it. I, I, you know, I didn't, I didn't stay up until midnight to complete this project. I did this instead and share their experiences because I really think that once we as individuals and as a collective society have more examples of success in the other way of doing it, it will start to shift, shift people's perspective about what hard work looks like. And I also think that you know, small actions that we can take every day is just, I mean, just encouraging the people in our life to say, good for you for taking Saturday off, or yes, turn your phone off and go do what you need to do. Because I would say my circle is very much, um, we're, we're very much on the other side of like, not, not wanting to work until midnight, every single night, not wanting to hustle hard till we get sick, but still, um, I see that much of the encouragement happening around pushing, you know, pushing past your limits, pushing past your goals and we can do and be both. And it doesn't have to be all the way towards one side or all the way towards the other. Um, but I will also say to that note that it's important for people to be honest when they are working hard, because when someone sees that, oh, you know, success seemed to come to them so easily, but they're not really sharing the struggles or the experiences that they've had to get there, it creates just a false perception of what success, what it takes to succeed. Right. So what I'm hearing your your advice is to be open. Open dialogue is what's going to make the change. Until we don't I have open so. dialogue, it's yeah. not going to happen. Also, yes. this, every industry is different. We tend to work in the media industry, entertainment, and you know, there's going to be times where you will have to stay up till twelve, and that's just yes. like, undoubtedly like you can't. Like, there's no balance sometimes, and it's fine. But because it's not always, it's like an ebb and flow of that. It's not always going to be super busy. But when there is like, you know, you got to put your you know, big panties on, girls on and do what you got to yes. do. But also like kind of have a balance of like, okay, I, I worked all weekend. Now next weekend, I'm going to disconnect. Just find that balance where it works for you that reward yourself. Like, hey, I really worked hard last week. I'm going to reward myself with this. Um, and it's okay. Maybe this week I'm going to take it light and I'm going to end at six today. Um, so yes. those, those are important things to, to take note. And also if you are finding that there is no time in the day that you find to do anything and that you have to constantly be like working 24 hours, that just means, I think there's a time management situation there. Like, how are you managing your time? How are you breaking up your day? Are you being productive during those days? Like what's distracting you? I think there might, you know, yeah, hustle hard, but why are you hustling so hard? Like what's going on with your time? Yeah, totally. Every day you're working till 12 a.m., you know. I want to actually quote Shauna. I, I, ha I, read some, I read something and, and it really spoke to me. And you said, I learned years ago that work-life balance doesn't just happen because we say it's important. It requires investment of time, energy, resources to create systems and structures that make it possible. But it takes a village because it's not just with you. It's with your surrounding as well. Yep. So I love that. Abs 
Absolutely. And to kind of build on what you, you said, Gabby, one of the, the systems that I use every day, because that that's true. It's such a great point that we have to be effective because if we are not focused, that that leads to overwhelm because tasks that spent should take 30 minutes are taking three hours and we all only have the exact same amount of time in the day. So every single morning, I mean, I am truly a bit fanatical about it. I plan my day by the hour, but sometimes by the 15 minute increment. And I know exactly what I need to achieve that day to stay on track. And I don't, I don't, schedule myself to the max, but really getting clear about what are the two or three most important things that I need to get done today means that I'm always making progress. I'm always moving forward and I'm always clear about what it is that I'm trying to achieve. I do the same thing just to, to take my, I mean, not to 15 minutes. Wow. I, Shauna, you are killing it, girl. <laughs> <laughs> it's taking a lot of practice. <laughs> yeah, I I do more like okay, what do I have to get done today? Like based on my deadlines, based on you know my personal goals, um, and I love to write it down. I write it down. I love to like scratch things out of my to do list. That also me motivated. Like oh my god, I only have two more things to go, and my day's gonna finish. Yes. Um, and and I feel that though that gives you structure like okay today I'm not going to think about anything but these things these things have to get done um so yes I think whoever's listening if you're finding that you are struggling with like how do I manage my time I'm always working till late I'm burnt out find a way to block your time is there anything else that you can advise them to do or to find ways to like maybe like find more balance Cause, cause yeah, um, you know, what is it? Work smart, not work hard. What is it that that saying? Work like, smarter, you, not harder. Work smarter, not harder. Yeah. So, and also if you have a team and you, you know, there's people that can help, how do we delegate? Learn to delegate also. Yeah. So I don't talk about this very often publicly, but I feel like we're in a safe space. So I will, <laughs> but as uh, something that I learned Again, it goes back to health, but also systems from a, a women, I think she was a, gyne, a gynecologist and medical health professional is learning how to work with our energy cycles as women, because I never knew this until she shared it with me, but our, our energy cycles reset every 28 days or however long our cycle is where a man's resets every 24 hours. So no wonder that there are certain weeks where we feel tired or we feel at our best. And that makes sense because our energy cycles are a lot longer. And so being able, to, it's not perfect because you can't just say, well, my energy is low this week. I can't do anything, but to say, all right, my energy is going to be really high this week. So let me plan some high energy activities. So for me, I'll try to do interviews. I will try to do sales calls. I will try to batch those types of activities. Whereas if I'm, if it's an, a week where I know is going to be much more low energy, I will look, um, to do kind of like admin stuff, you know, do, can I run my payroll that week? Can I, um, do my tax stuff? Can I, you know, the stuff that's 
feels a little bit more menial and doesn't require as much brain power for me to show up and be a vibrant human. So that has really made a huge difference for me in terms of just getting the most done that I can and working with my body instead of against it. So that is, that is a big thing. I'm not a medical professional, obviously, but that advice did come from someone who is, so take it with a grain of salt, but that has men rejuvenate that energy 24, every 24 hours, every 24 hours. That's insane. And they get paid more and (laughs) what? right. Right. I know. I know. I found that so surprising too, but it makes so much sense. I, and I had never heard that before. Um, so yeah, there, we go through the same energy cycle, but theirs happens in 24 hours and ours happens in 28 days or how, however long, you know, your cycle is, but I was like, wow, good to know. <laughs> Raining, honey. Oh, yes. I feel the energy. This week is low energy for me, by the way. <laughs> I know how that week feels. I know it. We're managing. We are managing. I I do believe women, we know how to show up. That's one thing we know how to do. So we do. Yes. We know how to show up. That's for sure. Now, sorry, no, please go ahead. Cause I was going to, I was going to get into the fun part, but if you have another question, I'm still confused. I don't know. I don't know. I have, I have two possible options. Well, I'm going to go on here yeah she's like what's happening happening? we like to guess we'd like to guess our guests uh astrological signs stop oh my god yes I'm 100% into this okay great yes tell me well you know we talk to our guests and kind of like figure their little quirks out and and then at the end we try to guess I still kind of not sure about you yet so Alex is gonna guess first yeah let her okay okay my first my first my initial thought was that perhaps you're a Capricorn. And then I was like, you also have a little bit of Virgo tendencies. Um, cause I'm a Virgo, but we're, we're a little bit different. So I was like, eh, maybe she's not a Virgo. Maybe she's a Capricorn. Gabby. Uh, I'm still confused, but I'm going by the 15 minute planning thing. And that gave me a little bit of Virgo vibes. Not going to lie, but you could also be, Gabby's really good at this, by the way. You could also be a water sign. So she has poker face. She's not. (laughs) So water sign would be what? Like a a Pisces or Aquarius or something? Yeah, those are water signs. I think. (laughs) Reveal. I am a Sagittarius. We just had another Sag on the podcast too. Yeah. I don't know how to read Sagittarius. Me neither. I guess not. Yeah, I've heard that we are the craziest of the signs. So maybe, maybe I'm just holding that back really well today. I don't know, but um, I what love that. Shauna, come on, girl. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know what? A lot of entrepreneurs are Sagittarius because you guys are very like you like freedom. You like to do it your way. Yes, you know, like strings attached. Like it's my way, and I'm gonna figure it out. You're also very fiery. You know. Yeah. I love that you do this. I I'm obsessed with astrology and that's such a fun way to, uh, to, uh, add to your, add to your interviews. I love it. Yeah. It, makes it, it makes it fun. It, <laughs> I'm always wrong by the way. Yeah, the whole time we're talking to you, we're like, Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't tell, to be honest. I think you, you, you know, Sagittarius, I love Sagittarius by the way. So how 
people get in touch with you if somebody maybe has a PR agency or another type of uh, business that would make sense for you to kind of be involved in? How do they get in touch with you? Yeah. So I spend the most time online on Instagram and LinkedIn. So just right now we're, we're launching a new company channel. So connecting with me personally is the best. You can connect with me. I'm Shauna Knuckles, my full name. So S-H-A-U-N-A-N-U-C-K-L-E-S and same on Instagram and LinkedIn. Amazing. It was great having you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you both so much. And I've wanted to say one thing throughout this whole interview that I want to make sure I say, I'm obsessed with your pink microphones. Oh, that, thank you. that is like the perfect pop for, for showing up on video. I love it. They're so cute. Thank you so thank much. You. And thank you for all your expertise and good luck on everything and have a wonderful 2022. Thank yes. you. You both as well. Thank you. And everyone listening, thank you so much. Hopefully you guys took a lot of great insights from um, Shauna and please, no more burnout. Let's find some balance. Okay. Yeah. Next time. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Hashtag days off. You're listening to Girls Gone Boss. Hosted by Alex and Gabby. I love you guys. Oh, yeah.